Tim and Dominic are absent today. Here, well, our drummer was gone. Our, uh, then our organist, one of the organists, he was gone. They're up in Victory Outreach, Sonora. They're ministering in Sonora. That's one of the churches we sent out. We need to take care of them. And they're up there all by their lonesomes, up in the hills. Uh, but they're doing a real good work. And so Dominic's preaching there and Tim's ministering in music. So the title of my sermon is Valor or Valor. Okay, it's up to us. Numbers 13, beginning in verse 31. Do you have it? The Word of God reads. Let's begin in verse 30. I like verses of faith. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. That was before Nike. Just do it. Uh, I mean, this guy, Caleb, was a mean motor scooter. The guy had a lot of faith. I like guys like this. Uh, he, was, he was a mean dude. Because the people were, were saying, we can't do it. Sniveling. Verse 31. But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack these people. They're stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, they said, let me just stop right there. You know, this is a true story. One time some guy committed suicide and they found the note. You know how some people have notes before they die, before they commit suicide. And the note had two words. They said. Uh, what other people think about us? Well, let's find out what God thinks about us. I'm going to be dealing with self-esteem today. I don't know if they told you when they announced it in the morning. But we're going to deal with your self-esteem. I am somebody. Yes, I am. And you got to understand that. Don't let the devil kick you around. They said. Let's go on. All right. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All, all, all the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim. They are the descendants of Anak come from the Nephilim. We seemed like what? grasshoppers in our own eyes and we look the same in their eyes and we look the same to them father i pray that we would be able to see with your eyes even i mentioned earlier when the devil looks at us he sees you irregardless of our size irregardless of our stature allow us to understand that greater is he that is in us irregardless of our size than he that is in the world. You've called every one of us to greatness. This is a great ministry we belong to right away. But individually as well. I pray for individual callings like Francine was talking about. About her individual call. And how it fits into the corporate general call of Victory Outreach. And Christianity in general. Lord, this is a very important sermon. I pray that I would be able to bring it out as you desire. That you would pour out your faith. Pour out self-esteem. Even our young kids, the children that, Lord God, that Chris was talking about. That they would go on to become class presidents. They would go on to go to big universities. Maybe Victory Outreach University. They would go on to reach their full potential and greatness in God. Lord, I pray that I would have something to do with it through your sermon here today. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Let this word land on top soil. Rich soil. Pay dirt. I ask it all in Jesus' name. And everybody together said, greet one another one more time with the love of the Lord. Shake hands one with another. Spread a lot of love around prior to your being seated.
You know, some people look down on themselves so much that if their ship was to come in, they'd sink it. I'll wait a little while. Huh? But if your ship were to come in, you'd probably sink it. Oh, the Titanic, boom, you know. Because we look down on ourselves so much. You're created in the likeness and image of who? God. Very vital that we understand that. See, in Numbers 13, the portion of scripture that we read there. See, this generation, they ended up getting what they themselves felt they deserved. Nothing. That's what that generation got in Numbers 13. The generation of the Israelites. We were like grasshoppers. They ended up getting all they deserved. And what did they deserve? Ni una tuna. In Spanish, zero. Nothing. We're, we're, we're a bunch of nobodies. Dangling participles. Now, don't, don't just listen to me right there. But you'll know what I'm talking about later on. Uh, see, they were, you know, only grasshoppers, worms, zeros. Uh, see, the grass, grasshopper mentality, a person with low self-esteem, you know, they can, they can know the promises of God and God's word, yet somehow he or she has a way of, of putting God's words and God's promises in the wrong, improper perspective for their own lives. Are you listening to me? Huh? And we were as grasshoppers in our own eyes as they saw themselves. Can you imagine getting up in the morning to brush your teeth and you see a grasshopper? Ooh, you need a big one. You know, that's the way they saw themselves as grasshoppers in our own sight, the Bible says. See, did you, do you know that the outside world, the secular world, they look at us as we look at ourselves? Look at the end of verse 33. Look at the end of verse 33. See, how we see ourselves as Christians is that's how the world looks at us. We seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes and we look the same to the world. If you think you're a grasshopper, then to the world you're a grasshopper. But if you think you're a powerful Christian, then to the world you're going to look like a powerful Christian. See, a lot of us, we don't... To me, again, I pray this is a very important sermon. This is a very important sermon to me. If it just falls on a few good ears, uh, hey, hallelujah, it's worth it. Because you're going to go on to greatness. You're going to go on to kill that grasshopper mentality and do great things for God that God has called you to do. All of you are called for greatness, and you need to understand that. A lot of us, we, you know, we look at ourselves in a very belittling manner. That's wrong and that's not God. Uh, see, Victory Outreach is a ministry called of God to do great exploits through the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe that. I have believed that ever since I sat in those chairs right there in the men's home. I've always believed this. That's one of the things that keeps me going. Our church is not at the size that I would like to see it, but someday it's going to be. Sort of. Because I've been taught... To be content, but never satisfied. Uh, as long as I'm pastor, we're going to keep knocking down walls. Wherever we go, we're going to keep expanding. We're going to keep sending out missionaries. We're going to send out pastors. I mean, you know, content, but yet never satisfied. But I have believed what I'm preaching about here today ever since I sat in the pews there in the, in the men's home. God ministered to my heart. He said, man, here's where I have called you. You can do a great work. That's what sustains me. That's what keeps me going many times. Because I know someday we're going to have the most kickingest church in the East Bay. But don't tell nobody. Well, yeah, tell somebody, the devil. <laughs> but don't brag and boast about that stuff. But it's going to happen. We already have a pretty you know, well-known church. But hey, someday it's going to be like, hey, what happened, man? They just mushroomed. That's going to happen. Well, hey, it didn't happen overnight. Success doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't just drop in your lap. It's a lot of hard work. But I always believe what I'm talking about here today. That's why this sermon is very important to me. 
Because it's going to happen, like I've said many times before, with you or without you. That sounds like a song, huh? Uh, Bono, 1980-something. Uh, I know that. How did I find that out? Hallelujah. Uh, what's the name of his group? You too. Well, you too can be included in this call. Hallelujah. Let's go on. Aye, aye, aye. With you or without you. It's going to happen, and we need to understand that. I believe that. See? I believe the world will believe what I'm talking about because it's biblical. Because the Bible says the world believed what the Christian believed. We believe we're grasshoppers, they're going to believe we're grasshoppers. If we believe we're more than conquerors, they're going to believe we're more than conquerors. And they'll be afraid. Ooh, there's the victory outreach people. Ooh, they know what they're doing when it comes to the things of God. Uh, see, your perspective of yourself has a heavy bearing on your future. I hope you understood that. How you view you. Sounds like very ovario, huh? How you view you. Sounds like you should almost give signs, huh? How you view you. Your perspective is how people see you. If you see yourself like, well, just another sermon. Uh, this is not just another sermon. Uh, I mean, we're preaching God's word here. But if you look at yourself like, wow, I don't know how I got saved. Lucky, I guess. Wow. But I don't think I can. And you won't. Because how a man sees himself. The book of Proverbs 23, 7 says that. Uh, be it done according to your faith. As a man sees himself. That's what Proverbs 23, 7 says. So he is. It says in the King James, as a man thinketh in his heart, so he is. If you think you're just a dangling participle. If you think you're just, you know, a grasshopper. Then be it done according to your faith. But if you think you're more than a conqueror, a king's kid. Devil at 12 o'clock, where's he at? Uh, come on, get him. Rebuke him in Jesus' name. Uh, get up every morning looking for demons. Where's the Neva at? I know he'll find some. Uh, let's go looking in the book and then start hooking. Uh, that's how you will be. And we need to understand that. Look at Matthew 6.22. A lot of scripture here tonight. By and large... You know, I'll, I'll, I usually cover one portion of scripture, I dissect it, I exposit it, and bring it out. But today we're going to cover quite a bit of Bible. So I hope you brought your quite a bit of Bible with you. Matthew 6, verses 22 and 23. Quite a bit of scripture here tonight. Do you have it? 6.22. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of what? Darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? See, great will be the darkness. Can also be translated to mean. Great will be that belittling. In other words, you're still a treasure in darkness. You're not out of darkness. You're still belittling yourself. You still think of yourself as a gray guy. Instead of a colorful individual. Great is that darkness. How you view yourself. If you still view, view yourself as, as in darkness, that's the way you're going to be. Huh? A lighter shade of pale. Coming up with all these songs. Uh, deep purple. Hallelujah. Huh? All that stuff. Madness. It's, it means belittling. If you see yourself with eyes of belittling, uh, great will that belittling be, the Bible says. 
even if God promised us a life in abundance. In other words, you have black eyes. That's what the scripture means. You have black eyes. That was done a number on you. Because everything you see is black. Darkness. I guess so. Devil beat me up. Got any shades, Holmes? Ah. No, it shouldn't be like that. God has promised you a life and life in abundance. And we've studied it in the Greek, what life in abundance means. What does it mean? Coming apart at the seams. I'm going to show you what it means, unfortunately. I showed you. You didn't see it? What can I say? <laughs> it means, you know, coming apart at the seams. Life in, life in abundance. Hallelujah. Uh, and God has promised us that. All I am is a promise of God. Hallelujah. Uh, see, that, that life, uh, we need to understand that. We, 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 in other words, how you view yourself is so important. And if you view yourself as a grasshopper, it is not God's fault. It's not his, don't blame it on God. Look at 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. A lot of scripture here today. 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. See, if you don't understand who you really are in Christ, that abundant life is just going to sit dormant in your life. Please understand what I said right now. That abundant life will just sit dormant in your life. You were, you're going to get to heaven and you're going to get some of your rewards. But then God's going to show you all kinds of other rewards that he had for you that you couldn't get, that are not yours because all you did was sit there and catch what we call, preachers call, puitis. Yeah. Because you didn't do and believe and trust God's word and the things that he, the potential that he had for your life. Don't belittle the gospel of Christ and the gospel of God in your life. Young ladies, Chris taught you this last night. I'm going to tell you right now. Don't go for the okie doke. Don't go for the second best in your life. If you're going to marry somebody, marry a man of God. A guy that's proven, that's tested, that's gone through the fire, that can take trials, that's not going to run out on you. That wasn't even in my notes. I think the gang girls are praying. That's, that's a fact. Don't go for some lumpkin. Uh, marry a guy that's, that's been through the, through the fire. That's tried and tested. It's been, you know, that's not going to run. I hate to see. I, I mentioned it last Sunday evening, but I didn't preach. I'm preaching now. Uh, talking about, don't ever you dare pick on a man in the home. Don't you dare pick on a woman in the home. And if they're already married, you're already married. Yeah, what can you say? Yes, yeah, that's it. Uh, but that's like going out with a guy... That's still, you know, in the belly. You're not going to date somebody that's pregnant. Hey, will you go with me? Will you go out with me to the Valentine's banquet? <laughs> well, hurry up and get born. No way. They're little babies yet. Once they graduate, they can barely walk. Come on, let's go on the boat cruise. <laughs> and then they get on the water and the boat, they can't even stand up anyways. Ah, are you with me? Amen. I mean, don't belittle the kingdom of God and the things God has for your life. Wait on God and watch. Man, you know, marry somebody that's going to be strong. It's been through a few, few fires. Uh, seek first the kingdom of God. And then everything else will be added unto you. I know. I'm twice the man I was when I first came into the home. Literally. Let's go on. <laughs> Do we have 2 Corinthians 4.4? 4? 
All right, then you're faster than me. It says there, the God of this age has what? Blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image. I'm talking about the image of God. Darkness, blindness. The enemy wants us to look at ourselves in the negative, to blind us in seeing ourselves as God sees us. Do you understand that? We are the righteousness. We're clothed in the righteousness of God. But the devil wants to blind us from that stuff. He wants to look at us as grasshoppers. We should get up in the morning and look in the mirror and say, Hey, that ain't no grasshopper in there. That's a child of God. Good looking dude. No matter what, just say it. Ah, I can lead the pack on that one. Man, look, look at that guy. Shush. I told the people today, they were, they were making announcements for going to, to Hawaii for the youth gang. I said, man, that sounds good. I think I'm going to shave and stop dyeing my hair white, and I'm going to go. They're going to say, who's that gang guy? What church is he from? Uh, but you've got to understand what God tells you is what's true. Everything else is a lie. He's going to try and blind your eyes. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 is important. Okay? We need to bear in mind. That's the reason why the enemy wants to feed us on his television set. He doesn't want you to get God's word and what God says about you. He wants you to think of what he thinks about you. He wants to feed all the TV airways. KMEL jams. KMEL lives. K love. That's, that's a good station. But the devil will try and mess with you. Uh, all the soap operas. Uh, don't let him do that. Uh, he doesn't want you, you know, receiving from God's word, tapes from, from God's word. Listen to, to Christian tapes, Christian music, Christian radio. Uh, that's, that, that's what he wants. Let the light of the gospel shine on your mind and illuminate you. Then you know the truth. And the truth will what? Set you free. See, the fruit of the Holy Spirit uh, is inside of us. It's inside of us. See, the enemy doesn't want us to see this within us. That's when, you know, that's when, you remember that song we used to sing? I'm walking in the Word. I'm not moved by the things all around me. I'm walking in the Word, the wonderful Word of God. I'm not, the devil's under my feet. I'm not moved by the things all around me. Man, I like... When I say that he's under my feet, because the Bible says the devil's made, made to be under our feet. Sometimes I, when I read that scripture, I feel like not washing my feet for about a week. Really? Look at the devil. I remember I used to do that to my brothers when I didn't like them and they, they'd done something wrong to me. And, I, and we're at night and we went nine of us sleeping in one room. I, I'm just snitching on my battle self. But I like to do that someday to the devil. Under my feet. But I'm not, I'll, I, I shower every day. Hallelujah. Uh, but sometimes it, it tempts me. Uh, see, the devil is a liar. He's going to lie to you. Remember, the Bible says he's as a roaring lion. He's not a roaring lion. He's a liar. And he roars. Ah, and he sees if you're going to bite the bait. Uh, see, if we react in fear to the roaring lion, uh, then he's got us. But if we react in faith, then we've got him. We've got him. Uh, now, We got to think good stuff about ourselves. Look at Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3. 
Matthew 3, verse 17. A lot of scripture here tonight. Matthew 3, beginning in verse 17. I was as greater as he that is in you, right? Yes. Than he that is in the world. And we need to believe that and, and trust that. Matthew 3, 17. It says, And the voice from heaven said, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Verse, chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. See, this is a very important portion of Scripture. This was Satan's attempt through lies. Because he's going to lie to you. Through lies. To get Jesus to doubt who he was. Look what he says. If you're the Son of God. See, the devil's always going to try and get you to doubt. He even got Jesus to try and doubt that he was God. If he's going to hit God himself, you don't think he's going to hit you? And who you, who you are, he'll hit, he'll hit you on that. Because the devil knows once you know your identity in Christ, all the things you can do. Look at all the things that Jesus did. But right away in the beginning of his ministry, in the outset, as he started his ministry, the devil lied to him. Hey, if you're the son of God, he's going to do it to you. If you're a child of God, you ain't nothing but a grasshopper. He's going to try and lie to you. You've got to fight him back. Yes, I'm a child of God. This is God's property. GP, are you with me? Yes. Uh, see, the devil, he knew that once Christ settled who he was, okay, though he already knew who he was, he didn't, ha- he didn't have no self, he-, he knew who he was within himself. Because once Jesus knew who he was, then he could do great and mighty things for God. And the same thing applies with you and I. Once we find out who we are in Christ, all the power vested inside of us. Man. The devil doesn't like that. Because he knows you're going to be very powerful. He knows you're going to be able to rebuke him and bind him. Uh, and put him under your feet. Where he belongs. Well, the devil lies to you say, hey, hey devil, get under my sticky feet. Come on. Huh? It's, it's late in the day now. Uh, I'm not going to do that. Uh, illustrated sermon. No, no, no. Uh, see, again, the same principle applies for you and I. Once we know who we are in Christ, then we can go on and do great exploits and cause great damage to the enemy. Do you understand that? I mean, I want to cause damage to the devil. I OD'd on heroin nine times. I almost died all those times. I got shot at with a shotgun at point-blank range. I had knives stuck to me. Um, I was telling, George took me today to, to, to Sacramento, and I was telling him how, you know... Pastor David Bautista, who was a dropout from the NF, you know, I was telling him one time who, the guy that put the knife to me, I've had a few guys, but one guy, and he, when I told him who it was, he goes, oh, that's the dude that stuck me in the yard when I dropped out. And I go, oh, Dapper Dan, that's the man. Because when he stuck me, I just laughed. I remember he, it was early in the morning. Uh, I just sold all kinds of avocados. I'd scored. And I had buku drugs. And I was going out. And all of a sudden somebody stands in my way. And he's sweating like I'm sweating right now. But not from preaching. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and he was, you know, and he didn't really know me that good. You know? But I knew who he was. Uh, and he put a knife to me. 
And I go, ooh, and I was twice the man I am. I came in wearing 128. I was three pounds less then. I used to have to go score holding up my pants with my elbows. I can't even... <laughs> but I would run like that, you know. And so he stuck a knife to me. Uh, let me just tell you the story and I'll go on. Uh, let's have a little bit of fun here. Uh, because I, uh, I never thought about this until years later when I was telling the story to somebody else. Because that's another day in the barrio. That's the way it is. Because I didn't know what had happened. But when he put the knife to me, everybody was looking. But I had been taught good by um, my, my peers. They told me, Steve, and they put a knife to you, bro. Don't you dare give it up. You mean I got to die? Yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's what he taught me, you know. So I laughed. I just, I just started laughing. That's all I, my first reaction was I started laughing. And I said, Danny, I said, bro, you're going to have to stick me, man, because I'm going to give it to you, man. And he looked at my eyes. He knew I meant it. And he looked, and he saw that everybody, the whole bar was looking. And it was, it was just God to me. Trust me, it was the Lord. And he goes, ah, go on, go on. So I walked out of the bar. Illustrated sermon. Then pick up on this. What kind of guy I was. I went back in. <laughs> he probably thought, oh, 125 with Leo. Little 125, what can he do to me? You know, and everybody looks, eee, that guy from Santa Paula. Wow, what a mean motor scooter. Look at this. He got guts. No. I had smarts. <laughs> I walk back in. I go right up to Danny. And everybody's looking. He said, hijo, mano, this guy's tougher than we thought. No. No, I wasn't. I wasn't. And I walk up to him. I say, Danny, you got an outfit? He goes, yeah. I said, you know, okay, I'll turn you on. Just let me use it. To me, I didn't think about it until years later. I know that was the talk of the town that day. For that day. Everybody must have said, this dude too much, man. The guy put a knife to him. He didn't care. He, then he came back, Holmes. He came back and he told the dude, hey, Holmes, I'll turn you on. In other words, he wouldn't give up the dope involuntarily, but he gave it up voluntarily. Because I did. I turned the guy on finally. Huh? Weird. But that's what happened. <laughs> uh, but I think that people said, hey, man, this dude's all right. And I was. Hallelujah. Let's go on. Uh, and I don't know how we got into that. But let's go on. But we need to understand who we are in Christ. See, doubting your standing in Christ is the key how the enemy wants to operate. That's one of his, his key moves. He's a liar and we need to understand that. Do you understand that that was a liar? He tried to lie to Jesus on who he was. So you're the son of God. And he's going to try and lie to you who you are in Christ. you got to get to know who you are in Christ. And then you're not going to be afraid of nothing. You're not, because you're going to have faith. Look at this. I almost died that day. I understand that. So I'm living on borrowed time. For me to live as Christ, to die is gain. That's why God can use a nut like me. I'm just going to tell you the truth. I mean, hey, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ that liveth in me. The life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and died for me. How much more can I do for Him? I mean, every time I get on a plane and I got to go someplace, I go, uh-oh, better be a good pilot. Uh, but hey, I got to do what I got to do. But hey, my life, hey, belongs to Christ. So we can't be afraid of the enemy. The devil's intent is, my friend, to render us useless and ineffective. Because when we don't know who we are in Christ, you'll be useless and you'll be ineffective. See, Jesus dealt with the enemy's lives. Ah. Uh, at trying to steal Christ's self-esteem 
correctly. That's what he was trying to do. He was trying to steal Christ's self-esteem as he was trying to steal your self-esteem. He's trying to make you look like a grasshopper. And he's going to lie to you, tell you anything. But Jesus did it, dealt with it correctly. Thus, he went on to do powerful things in the kingdom of God. The same thing can happen and does happen with us. We go on to do great things, great exploits for God once we've dealt with the lies of the enemy in a faith way. Remember Numbers 13.33, the scripture that I read in the beginning. The world sees us as we see ourselves. So when people ask us, how you doing? And we answer in the negative, well, under the circumstances, I guess I'm okay. Scar. Man. Under the circumstances. What do you mean under the circumstances? We're made to be in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We're not supposed to be under the circumstances. The guy's preaching a long sermon. I guess I'm okay under the circumstances. When can we leave? (laughs) Under the circumstances. Ah, You're supposed to be above. We're made to sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Um, That's what the Bible tells us. Uh, Satan's under our feet. Uh, The Bible also says to set our affections on things above, not on things below. The Bible says we've been made more than conquerors. And the word made means already done. We're made. We're already made. You're a made man. You're a made woman. We've been made. Not maybe we'll be someday more than. No, we're made already more than conquerors. I've said it before, if you want to just go ahead and sit on your victory, that's up to you. But we're supposed to get up and live a victorious Christian life. And you need to understand that. Don't let the devil lie to you. I know who I'm preaching to. By and large, almost all of us went for the okey-doke. Almost all of us went for the fried ice cream. And we let the devil run a number and a circle on us. We believed his life, but no more. No more. That's why, again, young ladies, marry the right guy. Guys, marry the right girl. Some girl that's been around the block. The right way. Uh, not got off and got off and got off and got off on the block too. Uh, but been around the block in the Lord. See, the Bible also says, confess. Confession, excuse me, is good for the soul. But that confession needs to be the gospel confession. Confess what the Bible has to say. Not what the devil has to say. Confession... Is good for the soul. Confession of the word of God. I am more than a conqueror because the Bible tells me. Confess the Bible. Not what the devil says about you. Man, you should hear what the devil said about you. I already know. He told me. Liar. I don't listen. I said, no, 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 no. Our re-entry Larry is going to grow up to be a mighty teacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's my, that's what I believe. Um, many of the people in my congregation are going to grow up to be dynamic preachers. They'll have real illustrated sermons. These guys will have so much guts, they will take off their shoes as an illustrated sermon. I didn't have enough guts. I had more wisdom. Uh, But they're going to go out and destroy the works of the devil in Indonesia, in India, in northern India, in Pakistan, in Russia, in Hayward. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. But we need to understand that. Uh, But the Bible... Says all these things, and we, a lot of the times we're, we're, we're very negative rather than being positive. Like a joke I told you guys the other day about the, the real negative lady. Remember the one that went to the doctor? Doctor, 
It hurts me. It hurts me here. 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 Everywhere she touches, it hurts me here. It hurts me here. Doctor hurts me here. Finally, the doctor went to check her out. And he says, no, 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 no. Your finger's broke. Ay, ay, ay. It hurts me here. Ay, ay, ay. Do we get like that? We're so negative everywhere we turn. You're not going to do nothing. Ay, ay, ay. Don't believe the lies of the enemy. Philippians 4.13 says, um, I can do all things through Christ. Uh, the Amplified Bible has this translation of Philippians 4.13. It says, I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Who infuses inner strength into me. God, that's heavy. Philippians 4.13 in the Amplified Version says this. I repeat it again. Okay. We say I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The Amplified Version says this. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Who infuses this inner strength into me. That's talking about infusion has to do with electricity. That's what it has to do. Electricity. In other words, you just, you know, like a lot of times when I'm going to come up here and preach, this is not easy. This is not easy. Trust me, that's why I'm sweating. But all of a sudden, if I'm prayed up, and if you're prayed up, and if you're praying for me, then all of a sudden the electricity comes on. Uh, and I start getting real bold. I'm not, I wasn't a bold guy. I was the kind of guy, like I used to like to hang out in corners and just hold up the wall. Ask my wife the way I used to be when I first got saved. That's me, mm-hmm, yeah, mm, I guess, mm, yeah, right, mm. I didn't talk. Mm, yeah, I guess, all right. But the infusion, uh, I can do all things through Christ. Once the infusion kicks in, hoo, 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 the infusion brings on confusion to Confucius. Hallelujah. Uh, and the devil, he doesn't understand that. We, we need to understand that. Let me read Genesis 126, and I'm getting close to closing. Genesis 126. Look what the Bible says about us. And then 28. Then one more scripture dealing with Gideon. Then we're done. Then God said, God said, not the devil, not your friends, not your family, huh? not the, 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 the school bully, and not the in crowd. God said, then God said, uh, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, as I've been talking about here today. And let them what? Let them what? Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air. Over, 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 over the circumstances. Not under. We're over. We're not the tail, we're the head. We're supposed to be over the circumstances. And if you intend to get married, men, you better listen to the, what I'm talking about here now. Ladies, close your ears. I'm just kidding. Oh, by the way, I'm going to speak to the ladies on Sunday, right? Next Sunday. Don't miss out, women. Guys, you had yours last Sunday, right? Bring every woman you can next Sunday morning. Get them here. Uh, because we're going, to, we're going to deal with them. We're going to show them that there's power in submission. And there is. There is. Because there's order in the court. But that's next Sunday. Don't you dare miss out. Remember, guys, bring every woman you can. Because they're going to be queens for a lifetime. Over the circumstances. Let's go on. Over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air. And that's pretty high. Over every living creature that moves on the ground. Verse 28. 
God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish. Rule, rule, rule. Be fruitful, multiply. Let your tribe increase. See, these are verses and scriptures of, 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 of reigning, of domain, of authority. We've been given authority. Ah, and we need to understand that. Judges chapter 6, and I'm going to finish right here. Judges chapter 6. I told you a lot of scripture. But we need to read this, and then let's depend on the infusion. Judges 6, verses 1, 4, and 6. Do you have it? Judges 6, verses 1, 4, and 6. Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And for seven years, he gave them into the hands of the Midianites. Down to verse 4. They camped on the land and ruined the crops all the way to Gaza. And did not spare a living thing for Israel. Neither sheep, nor cattle, nor donkeys. Verse 6. Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for what? For help. See, we've covered that the Bible says the enemy, Satan, comes to rob, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's what he does. See, God had given Israel promises. They were the apple of his eye. He told them they were going to be, have treasures out of darkness. God gave them all kinds of promises as God has given to you victory outreach. Isaiah 45, 2 and 3. Isaiah 54, 2 and 3. Uh, enlarge the place of your tent. Go get a place of your own. He's given us precious promises as he did with Israel. But all of a sudden we find Israel here impoverished by the Midianites. Satan had used the Midianites to come in and steal and kill and rob them of their blessings. And God wants to bless you. But many times when our poverty, poor mentality, grasshopper mentality, we let the devil rob us. Huh? We can't have that. We're not called to, to be like that. Uh, see, the condition of Israel during those days uh, is a lot like today with us as well. Okay? The enemy, through the Midianites, had stolen and destroyed Israel from a number of blessings. He'd reduced them to nothing. To the point where they were living in caves like animals. That's what happened here. You read the account. They were living in caves. They were hiding from the Midianites. Matter of fact, Gideon was working on the threshing floor, but, but he was hiding. If you read the account there, he's threshing the grain, the wheat, but he's doing it in hiding. He can't do it out on, on Foothill and, 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 and A Street. He can't do it out there on Main Street. He can't do it out there on Broadway. He's got to be doing it in the alleyway, out in the back, trying to work to make a living. A grasshopper! Hanging out in courts when they couldn't see him, trying to hide. And we're supposed to be out there. Living like king's kids as God has called us to live. But a lot of us, we let the devil lie to us. They were living like animals. Satan had done a number on their self-esteem. Can you imagine? And many of you can because you live there. Uh, remember when your children were taken away? Remember the way the devil had you? But no more, right? No more. Now you can drive down. Pretty soon you guys are going to have a new car. Nice house. You have two now. See, preach it, sister. Uh, but you know how she came in, how they came in. Uh, man, terrible. But look what God is able to do. Had us over here and hiding the threshing floor, barely making it. Uh-uh. It doesn't have to be like that. It shouldn't be like that. It's not supposed to be like that. 
Not at all. Not according to God's plans. Uh, but he, he'd stolen their self-esteem. He destroyed their self-esteem. Uh, Gideon himself, like I said, was hiding from the Midianites, trying to make a living for his family. In hiding. So the enemy couldn't spot him. See, all these plans to prosper you that God had, had promised Israel through Jeremiah. I know the plans that I have for you, Jeremiah. Plans to prosper you. Plans to, to bless you. The devil had stolen from them. Uh, while the whole country was in great, utter poverty. That's the way it's, like it is with a lot of us. We're satisfied to barely make it. <sighs> another day, another dollar. Paid the rent this week, Holmes. Made it. No! We're supposed to have above and beyond that. God has given us precious promises. This gospel is not just for Kenneth Hagin and Kenneth Copeland or Copenhagen, whatever you want to call them. This gospel is for everybody. It's for me and you, Holmes. Me and you. Hallelujah. Uh, the Jew and me. That's what it's for. Uh, but we need to understand that. See, the reason our neighborhoods are in the predicament they are today is because we've gone for the okie doke. We haven't claimed God's precious promises as we're supposed to. Israel was really getting what it had coming. Listen to me as I close. They had nothing coming. Because they weren't claiming nothing. They were content and satisfied to make a living hiding. Barely, barely making it. Ah, they had isolated themselves from God. And when you isolate yourself from God, you got to suffer the consequences. Ah, but look at verse 6. Uh, it says, Israel cried unto the Lord. Now look at verse 11. Please look at verse 11. Then we're going to close. Uh, Judges chapter 6. Verse 11 and 12. Very, very important scripture. It goes with my title here. That I, that I brought out here today. Do you have it? It says there... Verse 11, the angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Oprah that belonged to Joash, the Ebizarite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in the winepress to keep it from the Midianites. He was hiding, see? When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you. Who? Who? Mighty man of valor. See, God wasn't messing with the guy. God was not Gideon's cell partner. You ever been in a cell with a few guys? We have a word called in Spanish, carrilla. We're almost messing with them. And you usually know who the guys are that you want to do time with because they're, they'll make you, the time go by fast. Like before, if you were going to do time, come to my cell. It's going to be hard because we're going to get in trouble, but we're going to have fun doing it. I'll tell you that. Uh, so you want to do time with those kind of guys. God's not that kind of a cell partner with Gideon. In other words, God's not messing with him. Hey, you, mighty man of valor. Hey, Steve, mighty man of valor. Uh, that's what he's telling you here today. You put your name on it. You be Gideon, mighty woman of valor. God believes in you. I don't know about you, but I know about me. If somebody's going to believe in me, they got my full loyalty. I've always been a friend to people that stick up for me. I would die for people. 
I, I would. I'm a very principled individual. Well, so when somebody believed in me, and if he was in the wrong, hey, I had to go stick up for him. I was going to go down with him because he had believed in me. He was my friend. And God calls me his friend. God calls me and you his friend. And if God's going to believe in me, who? I've got his back. If he believes I'm a mighty man of valor, that's the way it is. I believe him. And we need to do the very same thing. See, Gideon was in hiding. Uh, And hiding was rooted in fear. What is the opposite of fear? Faith. But God brought faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. Mighty man of valor. His faith woke up. God came in and touched his life like God touched my life 25 years ago. When I was going back to the penitentiary and God said, no, I have a plan for you, Francine. I have a plan for you. Dean, I have a plan for you. Dan, I have a plan for you. I got a plan for you. And I bit into it. And we need to bite into that. God has a plan for this church. And you need to bite into it. You need to understand that. God believes in Victory Outreach Hayward. He believes we're going to come up with the finances. He believes we're going to get a place of our own. And if he believes it, I believe it. And it's going to happen. We've got to think of the coming generation. We've got to think about them. Our children's children. I mean, I have like vowed in my heart the first room we're going to get is a prayer room. The second room we're going to get is a playroom. The first room we need is a prayer room. But man, I want to see our children... How great it would have been for a seven. A seven's a pretty good kid. Great kid, actually. Uh, my son. But I, I can imagine how greater of a kid he would have been if he would have had a side to play in when he was growing up in the kingdom of God. I can imagine what a greater guy he would have been to have a tetherball. And you know how a seven played tetherball on his first day of school? Remember that? Uh, kept, playing, kept getting beat. But he, he liked it. I want to put a nice playground for our children to play in. Uh, because we believe in, in our kids that are coming up for our ministry. Uh, so very vital. So very important. Uh, mighty man of valor. God is not into flattery. Uh, nor teasing. God was putting faith into Gideon. And Gideon responds. Uh, he responds to that faith. And what does he do? The Bible says he went out with 300 men. He conquered the Midianites. One, two, three. Four. You know how many he started off with? 32,000. And God said, that's too many. That's too many. Tell the ones that are afraid and they're shaking with their hands to go home. 22,000 left. And said, you can go home if you want to. Okay, okay, I'll see you. I'll see you. Chachas. That's what they were. They were. Then he said, that's still too many. Uh, that's still too many. You got 10,000 left. That's too many people. So he gave him another test. And only 300 men. See, Gideon didn't end up with 32,000 men. Uh, he didn't have any less men than he started with. Because he really only started with 300 men. The other ones were chachas, sissies. Couldn't take it. Gotta go home to mama. 
better alive pussycat than a dead lion. No, you're going for the lion, lion. Huh? You're going to fight for your people. We're going to fight for our upcoming generation. We're going to fight for the people in the streets. You are a mighty man of valor. No matter what the devil tells you. No matter all the lies of the enemy. You got to believe in what God tells you. I want every head bowed and every eye closed, please. Because every head is bowed and every eye closed. Spirit of God, moving to ministry. Mighty men of valor. That's what God calls you. God believes in you. He didn't end up with any less men. Because he didn't have almost 32,000 men with him. But he had 300. That's all he needed. That's all he needed was to take the Midianites. And we're looking for a few good men. We're looking for a few good women. That are willing to stand up against the wiles of the enemy. And believe of what God believes in them. That they believe what God has said about them. The devil's lied to many of you. All of you. All of us. All of our lives. And God said, and God said, don't believe what the devil said about you. You're never going to make it. You'll never amount to nothing. You'll never amount to a hill of beans. Yeah, you will. And God said, mighty man of valor. I want to pray for those of you here tonight that you say, Brother Steve, God has ministered to my life. I want to be a real soldier. I want to be one of those 300 men. I want to believe in myself simply and totally because now I know who I am in Christ greater is he that is in me than he is in the world because God believes in me and if God believes in me that's enough then I'll serve him and his people, his church, his body the unsaved until the day I die until he comes back to take me home Every head is bowed and every eye closed. Spirit of God, moving to ministry. Valor or valour, what'll it be? We're entering into a threshold, like Chris was saying, for greatness to do great exploits. We're coming into our own, but we need to we need to run into that that era of victory outreach Hayward. We're going to need mighty men and women of valor. As every head is bowed again, as every eye closed, you say, Brother Steve, this someone was for me. If that's you, I'm going to ask you very quickly to slip out of your seat and make your way to this altar. Let's cap this sermon, this message in prayer. If God ministered to your life in the realm of self-esteem, maybe you've had trouble in believing and trusting in who you are in Christ. Say, no longer as of today, as for me and my house, as for me and my life, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to serve the Lord wholeheartedly. Anybody else, God, minister to your life. You want to be included in this prayer. I'm going to ask you from all those places, slip by your seat, make your way on this altar. Grant me the privilege to pray for you. Grant me the awesome opportunity to pray for you. God believes in you. And you need to believe that. God believes in you. And you need to believe that. Anyone else, this is my last call that we're going to pray. God, minister to your life. You want to be included in this prayer. I'm going to ask you very quickly from all those places, slip by your seat and make your way on this altar. We're going to pray. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Anyone else? The rest of you, stand to your feet, please. Those of the audience. I'm going to ask some counselors to come and pray with these that are here. 
I'm going to ask some of you people to come and pray with these that are here. We need your prayers. We covered your prayers. We're going to pray right now. Hallelujah. Praise God. We need more counsel to come and lay hands on some of these guys, some of these girls that are here. We need your prayers. We covered your prayers. Those of you here at the altar, as they play softly in the piano, I'm going to ask you to bow your head. Repeat this short prayer after me. All of you that are here in the altar, repeat this prayer. Again, make it your own personal prayer to God. Say, Jesus. Come on, everybody in the altar, repeat the prayer. Say, Jesus, I thank you for the challenge of your word. You spoke to me right up my freeway, directly to me. I confess that much too often I've believed the lies of the enemy. Once too often. No more. Enough is enough. As for me and my house, we're going to serve you, Lord. I'm going to believe what you say. I'm going to believe and I'm going to trust and I'm going to depend upon your word. God, if you believe in me, then so be it. That's enough. Why should I be any different? If you believe in me, then I'll believe in me. Greater is he that is in me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Forgive me of all my sins. I'm sorry. Forgive me, Jesus. I open up my heart to you. I invite you to come in. Take control of my life for your honor and glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Let me say a prayer for all of you that are here. Those in the audience, would you stretch your hands for this way? We need and we cover your prayers. Father, there's individuals here at this altar. The devil has used their families to lie to them. That they would never amount to nothing. Don't let them believe the lie. May they believe and trust in your word that God said we are to rule and to reign and have dominion and authority over all the cattle in the field, over all, dominion over all the world, all the earth. That we're over the circumstances, not under the circumstances. We are the head and not the tail. We're more than conquerors, not just conquerors. More than conquerors. We are more than conquerors. More. 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 more than conquerors. Father, I pray that you would raise up a mighty Gideon army, Lord God. Raise up mighty men and women of valor. The women will be going, Lord God, to their convention next month. The men will go in May, Lord God. May will come, hallelujah, to the mighty men of valor convention as well. Raise up, raise up mighty warriors that will believe in your word, that will trust what you have to say, not what the devil says about us. In Jesus' name I ask and pray. Let's sing it to him, church. I'll be faithful. So faithful. Lord, trade these hands for war.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give Jesus a good clap offering, church. If you're still on your knees, don't feel like you got to get up. Take advantage of the presence of God. Take advantage of being in the presence of God. Hallelujah. And the individual that wrote that song, he'll be with us. He's the one that I said will be preaching Sunday morning on the 7th. Pastor Tommy, he wrote that powerful, powerful song. We'll have him lead it. Hallelujah. And when he comes, praise God. Mighty men of valor. Believe what God says about you. Don't believe the lies of the devil. That you'll never amount to nothing. Yes, you will. That you can't make it. You've backslid too many times. Lie. I have a saying. Matter of fact, I'm going to be writing a book pretty soon. On some of my principles. And these are principles God has given me. But I'm going to include a lot of my sayings. <clears throat> and I like the saying. As long as you're breathing, there's hope. But I backslid 49,000 times. As long as you're breathing. You ain't dead yet. You're not dead. You're not dead. Just the devil don't like you. He hates you. He wants you in hell. Tell the devil, you go to hell. You go to hell, devil. I ain't going. I ain't going. Uh-uh. I know where I've been invited to. I've been invited to the presence of God. So shall I ever eat at the king's table. Always eat at the king's table. Hallelujah. Coming apart at the seams. Abundant life. Praise God. Maybe I shouldn't lose weight. I'm just kidding. Sure I should. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Nothing but the best for the best. Hallelujah. Let's do one more song.